start praying at 6.45, and I'd mentioned this morning, it'd be nice if we had more people than would fit in that prayer room, and 6.15 this afternoon, people started showing up, hallelujah. So we're going to start just a few minutes early, uh, I'm short of breath, because I'm out of shape, <laughs> hadn't really done much, except run up them steps, uh, but we, uh, if you're willing, I want us to get started in this altar, and let's just pray. Uh, we got Tow River Drifters going to be singing for us, and uh, Brother Clay's going to bring a message. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want any nonsense to take away from anything. If you, if you have a prayer request, then uh, you can let me know that, shoot it to me in a text, write it down on a piece of paper. We'll definitely be praying for them, add them to the prayer list. Uh, but in reality, I want us to get, I want us to get into it. We're going to start uh, when I get done praying. We're going to sing uh, the song that uh, we started out the service with this morning, and so we're excited about that. Uh, and then uh, after that, we'll uh, we'll just let you fellas come, and uh, then uh, Clay, when they get done, you come up and bring the word. Um, and uh, we uh, we need to get in the, need to get into it. Don't need to waste time doing anything else. And so uh, it's not that we're trying to hurry up and get in it, but uh, because we got somewhere better to go. But we need to get into it because we need God to move. Amen. Thankful for what the Lord did this morning, and uh, thankful for what He's going to do tonight. So if you can, let's come gather around in this altar. We're just going to go to the Lord and pray and beg and plead and, and uh, ask the Lord to help us. And if, if you can. Uh, you just, if you're willing, gather around, <clears throat> get anywhere that you can, and let's just start in this altar tonight. Father in heaven tonight, we just thank you for the privilege and opportunity, Lord, to be able to gather in your house tonight. We thank you, Lord, for being able to, to come to an altar where we know that there is a God in heaven who hears and answers the prayers of his people. He's ever mindful of the condition of what they're in, what they're facing. And, Lord, we just want to praise you tonight that you are the good shepherd. You know your sheep. You call us by name. You have us numbered. Lord, you know exactly who we are, where we are, and what we're in need of. And, Lord, your rod and your staff, they comfort us, they protect us. And, Lord, you come to us. And, Lord, we, just, we come tonight just asking God that you would just stir uh, Lord, I am excited. I am excited for what you're going to do. I, I'm excited for what, what is ahead of us. And Lord, as we come tonight, I pray that you would just uh, anoint this place with your presence. I, I command right now, Lord, the demons from hell that they have no authority here, that this is your territory. Uh, Lord, that you have bought this place. You have anointed this place. And Lord, we, we, we know that, Lord, there is nothing that can distract, nothing that can disrupt. And Lord, nothing that is going to uh, be able to uh, get between between us and what you want done. And so, Lord, uh, in, in the name of Jesus, I, I command uh, every unclean spirit, every unclean thought, action, word uh, to be, Lord, uh, cast away from this place. And the only spirit that would be allowed here is the Holy Spirit because your word teaches that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Lord, we need you to set the captives free. We need you to heal the broken hearts. We need you, Lord, to make those that are weary to have strength. We need, Lord, for you to just move. And, Lord, for the fires that are dwindling, for you to rekindle them. God, we need for you to move in our midst. And, Lord, uh, there's not a preacher, there's not a singer, there is not anybody that can bring it and hand it out and give it, Lord, in doses. But only you, Lord, can pour out the fires of revival. And, God, we ask that in these days that we come, that you would have, find pure hands and pure hearts, Lord, that we would just uh, stir ourselves up to grab hold of you, that you would just move in our midst. And, Lord, we know, uh, Lord, if it's me, I say, Lord, the door is open. You come. And Lord, if it's something that I've done, that Lord, that I need forgiven for, I pray, God, now you'd forgive me where I failed you, Lord. I, I pray, God, that you'd help me to turn away from it and turn to you and hold on to you with both hands. We ask, God, that you would anoint these boys as they sing, that you would bless them and use them. We pray, God, that they would bring songs that would just excite us. Lord, I pray for Brother Clay that you would just give him the words to say. I pray, God, that you'd move on him, Lord, and Lord, that you'd give him a spirit of liberty to preach and anointing and Lord not just anointing but I pray for unction I pray God for you just to use him God because Lord it's not it's not man that is needed but Lord will you use man to be your mouthpiece and so Lord I pray that you would use him tonight we ask God that you would stir in our hearts be with us Lord and I pray God that you would start something in this sanctuary tonight that would spread and it would go forth uh, Lord into the community and that people's lives would be changed we ask God for those that are sick to, for you to heal them for those Lord that are that are discouraged we pray God that you would lift them up for those Lord that are in turmoil give them peace we ask Lord if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior that Lord before they leave here tonight that Lord that they could say they've been saved by your marvelous grace Lord we thank you we love you and we praise you and all God's people said amen amen as you make it back to your seats tonight uh, if you are in need of a restroom you can go down that corner hallway uh, stairway and there is if you come down come at the bottom of the stairway take a left uh, and then just follow the signs or you can go through this way and go out to the right if you're in need of a nursery we've got one down that that stairway back there or uh, there's actually a room right out here so if you need, are in need of a nursery you can use either one of them welcome to grassy creek baptist church welcome to our revival uh in may 2021 I'm excited to be able to, to see you here. I'm excited for what I feel in my heart. And we're going to sing. John, come lead us, brother. If you will, please stand. We're going to sing. Thank God I am three. Let's sing it like we mean.
Can you hear me out there? Pretty good. Can you hear? Like I say, I thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank Preacher Nathan for asking us to come. Looking forward to what the Lord's got in store. It, uh, we hadn't played music in a long time. We, uh, yeah, I mean, bear with us. I don't know what's about to come out of these things. We've been wound up tight and we're excited. And I've uh, been looking forward to this since the preacher mentioned it to us. But we, uh, in the last year, you know, it wasn't really an option. But I'm thankful for the opportunity. And I don't take it lightly. And I appreciate you opening the door and allowing us to come and, and, and play some music. But we're not up here to be seen or heard. We're, uh, we're here to glorify the Lord and honor Him tonight. And just hope that maybe something that's said or done will, will be a blessing to you. sufficient for me and I'll stick with the old stuff it works every time from Genesis to Revelation power divine I was filled with the spirit when he saved my soul Spirit, when he 
Savior adores with me each day. I'm clinging to Him, and I never shall stray. Singing His praises all day long, I'm going that way. Singing His praises all day long, I'm going that way. We like to eat, and you can see that by looking at us. Um, and they don't really understand what they're getting themselves into when they ask us to come sing, you know, for the homecoming. And we're all about that, you know, when we meet, we eat kind of stuff. Um, but this is a song titled Welcome Home, and we usually try to end with it. Um, but I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know, you know, what's on your heart. But I know everybody in here has probably got something going on in their life that, you know, may not be ideal. Um, these two boys standing beside me and behind me has got a, a grandma that's getting ready to pass away. And she's, uh, you know, she's, she's on her deathbed. She's, she's been struggling for a while and wasn't even sure if they were going to be able to make it tonight. And, you know, I told them I, we understood. And if, if they couldn't come, then, you know, so be it. That, understandably so, but um, they had talked about Joe had said he had listened to this song a bunch this week and he listened to it a bunch on the way here and I just felt like, you know, maybe the Lord would have us to do it. Um, but I'm looking forward to going home. Amen. And uh, I've sat and thought and pondered on it a lot in the last couple of weeks and me and Jameson had a big discussion on it the other night and, you know, we're getting close Amen. to going home and I'm looking forward to it and tonight I'd, I'd like to say I know where I'm going when, when I leave this walk of life. Um, I've made that decision. And I hope and pray that if there be one here tonight that's not made that decision, that today would be the day that you made that decision for Christ. Um, and that you would know without a shadow of a doubt that when you left this walk of life that you would be going to heaven and the Lord would tell you welcome home one of these days. There's a day just out in front of us I know will surely come That eastern sky will open wide Revealing God's dear Son And I know from here to heaven Is but a twinkling of an eye And in the midst of all his glory will hear the sweetest cry. Welcome home. I knew you'd come. Welcome home. 
look around Was it worth the wait? Welcome home Step through the gate I believe at least for me I'll see my mom and dad My brothers and my sisters there Everywhere you look are friends Oh, the greetings will be precious From those we've loved so dear And no mortal man has ever heard the lies of what we'll hear Welcome home I knew you'd come Welcome home You're here for good Look around Was it worth the wait? Welcome home, step through the gate.
all our days down here are numbered. We're like a vapor and then we're gone. God's never failed one of his children. Every one of us will make it home. So don't fret about your trials, troubles, and heartaches to my face. See, it could happen any moment. God's going to take us out of this place. And he said, stay by the brook. Stay by the brook. God told Elijah to go down and stay by the brook. I'll see to your every needs. Ravens bring you food to eat. Don't get faint-hearted. Look to me and stay by the brook. He said, stay by the brook. Stay by the brook. God told Elijah to go down and stay by the brook. I'll see to your every needs. Ravens bring you food to eat. Don't get faint-hearted. Look to me and stay by the brook. Don't get faint or it look to me and stay by the wood. Yeah. yeah. One of those are good. <laughs> One of them is. I want to say it's, uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this, this evening. Uh, I'm used to saying this morning. I say this evening, but. Uh, I mean, I'm glad to feel His Spirit. And I'm glad I know where I'm going. We're going to, we're going to get Kay to come up and, <clears throat> and sing one of my favorite songs he, he does for us. Um, I want you all to, to take a moment and, and think about that moment he reached down and grabbed you all. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, like I said, like Grayson said, we're... Uh, we're just happy to be playing some music for the Lord. Um, and we're not here to, to, to sound good to you all. Amen. We're here to glorify our God. And uh, welcome Kay Jones, everybody. Right. <laughs> Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way I was tempted and blind as could be but my Savior above reached down with love and he reached way down for me when my Savior reached down for me. When he reached way down for me, I was lost and undone without God or his son. When he reached way I made him my choice in a tempest to him I can cling there to lean on his arms safe secure from 
my Savior reached down for me. When he reached way down for me, I was lost and undone without God or his Son. for me. It's good to see everybody. Thank you for uh, praying for myself and my family for this revival. Um, those of you that know, uh, we had a, a little bout with uh, COVID-19 at the house, and just to put your mind at ease, we got negative tests here, and, and uh, of course, Zeke, he's been allowed by the doctors to come out of quarantine. Uh, Meg, my wife, and daughter, Tegan, uh, they're supposed to get their test results back in the morning, Lord willing, which should be negative as well. So, uh, But out of respect and everything else, when service is over, I'm not being rude. I'm probably not going to mingle a whole lot, just you know, just cause. I, I want to be respectful. And, and so uh, I'll just thank you and, and slip on out after, uh, after service is over. Um, I, I want to say this, and, and I, I'm not saying it to be funny uh, in any way, but I love you. I love you very much, and, and I want you to remember that, and I want you to remember that, that I have, have tried my very best to seek God's face and what to preach and how to preach it, and, and all I want, the desire of my heart, is for God to be glorified and for his message to be delivered to his people, what we need, not what we want. Uh, I've tried leading up to this to, to study revival and, and to look into to great revivals throughout history and, and see how God was working before that. And there's some, some things that are characteristic to all of the great movings of God that we have recordings of. And, and you can follow them all the way back into Scripture as well. Uh, one of those things is prayer. And I want to thank everybody that's been praying. I, I asked uh, the church through Pastor Nathan about a week ago to uh, pray with me at 7 in the morning and 7 in the evening. And I appreciate that so much. Um, there's another thing that goes with these revivals that we've seen in history, and it's been repentance. It's been said that the depth of our revival is determined by the depth of our repentance. And so when we start talking about repentance and we start talking about sin and we start talking about uh, where we are and where we need to be, where we ought to be, according to God's word, that doesn't make for great preaching. For years, I, I thought of revival, you know, just like a lot of people do, that, man, we have some good singing, and, and we whoop, and we holler, and we shout, and, and, and you know, man, the, the spirit will move. Ain't no telling what will happen. Somebody might run the pews. You never know. That's a great meeting, and, and, and I believe it was said this morning by Pastor Nathan. Love that. Have nothing against it. Love it. Desire it. Want to see it badly. 
if it's, if it's of the Spirit. But before we can have that, I firmly believe that we've got to examine where we are, examine ourselves. Uh, I'm trying to set this up so it'll be a whole lot, uh, you'll be expecting worse than what it actually is. But this is what I ask, and this is the last thing I want to say before we start preaching. Not for me, but for God, for you, for Christ's sake, because he was the one that was crucified. He was the one that gave his life. He's the one that deserves the glory. He's the one that deserves the reward of his suffering. For his sake, be honest with God tonight. Be honest with yourself. And this altar is open. If at any time the Spirit's moving on you and you say, I just, I got to get to God, you come on. You come on. I'll stop if God says stop. We'll, we'll let the Lord do. It would tickle me to death if I didn't get to preach, if I didn't get to finish this. It would thrill my soul. Number one, if the Lord came back and took us home right now. But number two, it would thrill my soul if there was a move and God just said, little preacher, I'm the little preacher, by the way. If he just said, sit down, little preacher, the big preacher is going to take over. But you and I are a key part of revival. Isaiah chapter number 6. Today, for those of you, you probably know this, but today by the calendar is actually Pentecost Sunday. Uh, 50 days uh, since Easter. This, you know, would be the calendar date that we would mark or that we do mark of whenever, uh, you know, in Acts chapter number 2 when the Holy Ghost came and and uh, there was a lot of things that took place. And so, man, my heart, I wanted to, I wanted to preach on Pentecost. I, 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 you know, when this come up about revival and I realized what the, what the date was, I, all right, Lord, I've already got it. And he said, no, you don't. He said, I want you to look at Isaiah chapter number 6. We need to see a contrast or several contrasts in Isaiah chapter number 6. If you would, please, you find your place there in verse number 1 of Isaiah 6. Please stand if you're able to do that. Isaiah chapter number 6, verse number 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood three seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain He covered His face, and with twain He covered His feet, and with twain He did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Just this thought tonight, Woe is me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe with all my heart that you have heard my prayers leading up to this very moment for this message, for this time, for this people. God, I believe with all of my heart that you are able to do things that we cannot even imagine. God, you want to do things, I believe, in this church, not the building, not the name of the church, but in the people that are standing here Lord, you want to do something that would cause a great effect to go out in this community. God, we desire it as well. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to get ourselves out of the way.
Help us, God, to dethrone ourselves and be a witness of your glory and your majesty. God, I pray that you would send great conviction. God, that you'd send a burden on the hearts of your people for revival this season. God, I cannot help them. I cannot do anything. Lord, you know me and you know what a sinner I am. You know how much grace I require on a daily basis. Father, I just ask you in the name of your precious son, Jesus, to overcome me and speak to him. In Christ's name, amen and amen. You may be seated. You might say that we're in uh, times of crisis, couldn't you? When we look around at our nation and, and we look around at government and such as that, then we realize there's a lot wrong. There's a whole lot of bad stuff going on, isn't it? As we narrow that down just a little bit, we would uh, continue to realize that that crisis is in the home. That crisis is in marriages. It's between parents and children. The crisis is in the individual as well, isn't it? Really, it's easy to jump on the bandwagon and talk about the government and talk about all these other things and the pandemic and all of that, but what we need to do more desperately than anything else is to look at where it all begins, and that's right here. Woe is me, not woe is the church, not woe is the preacher, not woe is somebody else, but woe is me. We need something to... to solve the situation, don't we? We need something to rectify the crisis. And a lot of people say it's revival that we need. And I would agree with that. The church needs revival. Revival is not a time when, uh, as has been said, some silver-tongued preacher gets up and says something or some fine music is played. It's not a time when a few people want to join the church. It's not even a time whenever the lost get saved. If all of that were to happen, it would be great. But revival is when God's people reconnect with God on the basis of love and forgiveness of their sins. We need revival. If we don't have it, if we don't get it from God, where else are we going to go, right? As Peter said there in John chapter number 6, to whom else would we turn, Lord? You've got the answers. You've got the words of eternal life, right? It's from God that we need this revival. One of my questions is, do we really understand what it means to get revival? Do we really understand what's involved in this reconnection? And are we most importantly, willing to do what it takes. I want to try to make this as easy as possible. Go ahead right now and begin to answer for yourself. Are you willing to get up from where you're at tonight and get in an altar and pray? You've already done it to pray for revival. Are you willing to do it again if the Holy Ghost puts his finger on you and says, I want you to get right with me? We need to understand that 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 is what it takes to see revival. It's for us to be honest. Are we willing to walk or crawl that necessary path? There's been a lot of meetings, very little revival. In verse number one, Isaiah wrote here, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw. He said, I saw. Let's understand that word, I saw, or to see, right? It does mean that it's a vision as we would see with our eyes. It does speak of that. But this word carries with it so much more. It's a Hebrew word, raha. 
And what it means is to see as in to learn of. To look at as to gain understanding. It even goes a little bit farther and it means to experience of what you're looking at. We've gotten real used to talking about God. Talking about Jesus. We've got used to singing about Him without really experiencing Him, haven't we? It, with this pandemic, and I'm not knocking anybody, I'm not going any further than just to say this, we've gotten used to watching for God on television while we're sitting at the house. And man, I can hear some good preaching, and I have, and I thank God for that ability. Just this morning, Wednesday night, last Sunday, watch the messages online. Thank you, God, for that. But I know for me, I didn't, I didn't feel what I feel when I get here. Something different about it. We have become satisfied with, with sitting back and acting like everything's okay because we're pretty good. I mean, really, we're, we're, we're more good. I mean, we're Christians. And we pay our tithe and, and, and we go to church and, and we're, we're okay. We've become satisfied with that. And we have totally abandoned anything other than the talk of experiencing God. I don't know about you, but I want to experience I mean, I want to look at him like Isaiah said, I saw. I want to walk away from this meeting and say, we saw God. We saw him. We experienced him. We felt him. And those effects would carry on in our lives for a very long time. We might talk about the Lord, but do we really see him? Tozer said this. I, those of you that know me know that I love quotes and and I'll try not to overload you with too many of them, but uh, I've probably got about 50 or 100 saved on my phone just about revival in the, in the last couple months. But listen to this. He, he was talking about the presence of God, and he said the greatest fact of the tabernacle was that Jehovah was there. A presence was waiting within the veil. Similarly, the presence of God is the central fact of Christianity. At the heart of the Christian message is God himself waiting for his redeemed children to push in to conscious awareness of his presence. Oh, I want to push in, Pastor Gene. I, I, want, to, I want to push in. But before I can push in, I've got to do something with myself because if I try to walk in there high and mighty, if I try to push in to his presence, hiding some unconfessed sin in my heart, and I've got all you fooled, it just ain't going to work. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be silent. And it's been that way for a long time in our churches. And you know what we've done? We didn't want anybody to know. So we smiled and we said, praise God, amen. What a good service. And we walked out the door. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to be satisfied until we have an experience with God. When Isaiah said, I saw, he had that experience. Isaiah didn't just, just have that vision. In that vision and in that experience, he saw a contrast. And I want us to look just at a few of those if we can. I'm still trying to get this preaching thing figured out. I'm going to do the best I can. Just pray for me. It says here in the year that King Uzziah died. First of all, we want to see the contrast of kings. Okay, Uzziah died. Too often we look at earthly kings to fix problems, don't we? 
Too often when revival comes, we look to whoever the guest preacher is or, or whoever the singers are to, to stir up some emotion and get revival going. You know, I, I've, I've been to places just because of who was preaching because I wanted to hear him preach. And, and I probably will do that again, to be honest with you, because I like to hear good preaching. But I know that it's not the preacher that will help me. It's not the preacher that will cause the revival. It's between me and God, and he's got to send it. You know, it's not necessarily that we can't do anything. It's not necessarily that we can't just, I mean, that we just need to sit back and, and say, okay, God, I'm here and bless me, because we've tried that and it hasn't worked. What we need is to, like I said, be honest with God. We need the death of pride, we need the death of ourselves. We need to die to self tonight so that we can be open and used by God. Everybody say, hang on, preacher, I don't understand because Uzziah was a good king, right, if you study that out. And, and yeah, I mean, in 2 Kings it does say that, uh, that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But then if you, if you read on a little bit farther into verse 4, it also says, save that the high places were not removed. The people sacrificed and burned incense still on the high places. So, so King Uzziah, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He was a pretty good feller, wouldn't you say? You wouldn't say that? It sounds like the Bible says he's a pretty good feller. But there were some things that wasn't quite right. Well, that sounds like me. I think. Most of us would say we're pretty good folks, right? But we've harbored some things. We've held some things back. Maybe there's some things in our life that we don't want to deal with. Maybe there's some things that's taking place in our household. Maybe there's some things in our marriages or with our children that, that we're afraid to deal with because of what the outcome might be. We're mostly good. You know what, you know what that is? You know what that is, Pastor Nathan? That's lukewarm. That's what that is. That's lukewarm. And God said, I'll spew you out of my mouth for that. In 2 Chronicles 26, listen to what this says about Uzziah. But when he was strong, when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. You see what King Uzziah did? He was a pretty good feller and he did about everything right in the sight of the Lord. But he got strong. He was in a good place. He was feeling good about himself. Kind of like the church is in a lot of ways nowadays, isn't it? We're strong. Think about it. We've got more money than the church has ever had in history. We've got more tools at our disposal when it comes to media and technology. We have more ability to reach more people than has ever been in the history of mankind, in the history of the church. We're strong, aren't we? But I'm afraid we've got a lot of a form of godliness. We're denying the power of it. King Uzziah was strong, and he was so strong, he thought he had it figured out. And what he did was enter into a place that he wasn't supposed to be. How many times have we come into a church service 
And I'm just going to be, how many times have we come in as a hypocrite? How many times have we come into a church service and put on a smiling face and acted like everything was fine and got into an altar and pretended to turn it all over to God just to get up and walk back out with the very same sin we come in with? Church, is it any wonder that we need revival so badly? You see, we're, we're crossing a line and King Uzziah did the same thing. When he entered into the temple as a priest, he forgot his place. I'm afraid the church has forgotten her place in a lot of ways. Revelation 3, he said, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, right? And have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Do you think that when we come before God in a church service and we half-heartedly give ourselves to Him that He doesn't see the part that we don't? Do we honestly believe that we are fooling Him? I'm going to tell you something else, and, and this, this may come as a shock. It may not. Brace yourself. We're not fooling the world either. You wonder why we're having so much trouble out there in the world, why they don't think much of the church? It's because the church ain't thinking much of Jesus. The church ain't thinking much of the power that he intends for us to have. I think it would be a scary thing if we were to get a hold of what he died for. Are you with me on that church? I, now, I, hear me out. He died for us for the forgiveness of our sins so that we may be united with God the Father, so that we may be in fellowship with Him, so that we may have eternal life in heaven in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He died for that. But you listen to me. He died so that we could fight hell with everything we've got. He did not suffer on that cross so that you and I could play church. He did not suffer on that cross and, and pour out his soul. Now listen to me, listen. What happened to his body was horrible. But Isaiah chapter number 53 talks about the offering of his soul. That's where the real pain was. When, he, when his soul was made an offering for our sins. He didn't do that so that we could try to fool somebody. He did that so that we could be warriors of the cross so that we could be victors of the tomb. Amen? When Uzziah crossed that line, judgment came on him. You know, if we were to study it out, then, then we would see that, that he was struck with leprosy. And here's what happened. He didn't die immediately. But because of his leprosy, now listen to me, he no longer had the power of a king. He had to step back and live out his life because he was unclean. His son had to step in and begin to rule. You, you hear what I'm saying? You hear what God's saying? When we cross a line, church, we lose power. And that's exactly what we've done. We've crossed a line, and that's why we don't have the power that we should. We sit back, and, and we make this this fat and happy proclamation of Christianity. 
but we don't have the scars or the halted walk of true identity. When was the last time that you drug yourself in an altar from doing battle? When was the last time that, that you, I'm not just talking about this altar, when was the last time that in the middle of the night you were so broken hearted over the sin that was in your life that you fell down and cried out to God and said, woe is me. Woe is me, for I have sinned against you. We don't do that, do we? We don't do that. And if we do, we don't do it nearly enough. At least I don't. I'll be honest with you. Church, it doesn't feel good to be honest, does it? Let's, let's be honest. It doesn't feel good. You probably came in here tonight. Listen, if you, if those of you that, that have heard me preach, you probably knew what to expect, I'd say, to a certain extent. But some of you may have come in here tonight thinking, man, we're just going to shout the house down. It's going to be awesome. Let me tell you this. It will be. It will be awesome if we'll take care of business with God. If we'll remember our place and the authority and the power that he's given us as kings and priests through Christ Jesus and just do the business that we're supposed to do with him tonight, then it won't be long before we do shout, before we can uh, have that victory lap, if you will. The church is proud and it needs to die to itself so that we can rise in revival. The contrast of kings, we had King Uzziah, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. For just a few minutes, let's see also the Lord, right? As Isaiah saw him here in this vision. It says there, we already read it once, but let's read it again at the end of verse number one. It says, he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. The word Lord there is the word Adonai, and it's a, it's a respectful substitute or respectful replacement for the proper name of Jehovah. Because for Isaiah, for them in that time, that name Jehovah was too holy to be said by man's lips. So, so they used another word and they used only the pronunciation of the vowels. But he's saying, when he says Adonai, when, when we're talking about Jehovah, when we're talking about God, then we ought to understand that that means master. It means, uh, it means authority, right? It means that when I say Lord to him, what I'm saying is, I am under you. I submit to you. You are above me. Uh, that, that word Lord all throughout the scripture, it's used in different places. And, uh, you know, for, for master, for king, for priest, even in one place, and I'll just leave this alone with saying this, for husband, there's a couple of places. You're supposed to laugh at that. Please laugh at that. Otherwise, when I get home, my wife's going to kill me. No, but it, is, it symbolizes that submission to authority. But he says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. You know what it means that he was sitting on a throne? Okay. I'm relaxed. Do you know at this moment right now, I am not a bit worried that somebody's going to come up here and take me off of this seat. That's exactly what it meant that God was sitting down. When he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he saw him sitting on a throne because God's not worried about anything. He's not pacing the floor. 
He's not afraid that it's about to get out of control. He is sitting on that throne because he rules everything that is known and unknown. Are you with me, church? He was sitting in confidence. He was on a throne because that, that is kingship. That is power. But a throne is also judgment. Now that is a very important part of Isaiah's vision. This, this judgment, okay? He was sitting on that throne because he is God. He was high and lifted up. He's exalted above everything. There is none greater than him. And then he said there at the very end that his train filled the temple, right? I've, I've read this a bunch of times and, and thought about it, and, 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 but when I looked at it this time, something dawned on me, just a little bit different about this. Do, I, I, I pictured a, a train like we think about a bridal train, right? And, and that is where we get that name from. It's, it's similar. And we think about how, uh, you know, a glorious bride, you know, may come up and have a long train that stretches all the way back through there. The temple was filled with the train of his glory. Do you know what it literally means? This isn't even a good illustration. Let's pretend like this is the little temple, okay? That's about how much of God's glory filled that temple. The word train right there, you know what it means? It, it means the edge. It means the hymn. This vision for Isaiah was, was unreal. I mean, it, was, it had to be terrible in the sense of awesome and frightening. But the amount of glory that he saw in that temple was basically one stitch of the hymn of God's glory. When we're talking about King Uzziah and we're talking about, you know, we put people on thrones, we put ourselves on thrones and we act like we're something special, church. We, we put ourselves in a place that we don't belong. And, and you know, boy, I, I tell you what, King Uzziah, they thought a lot of him, and he was a pretty good feller. Isaiah said in the year that he died, I saw the Lord. And when he caught a little, a little glimpse of the glory of God, Uzziah who? Right? Grassy Creek who? Preacher who? All, all of us just fall away in the light of God's glory. Are, are you beginning to get the picture here? I hope so. His train filled the temple. It's just a hymn of his glory. What an awesome God we serve, right? I, I mean, we could, just, we could just step back right here and we could preach for a little, bit, a little bit about how great God is. And that would be wonderful, but that's not the end of his vision. That was not it. He goes on to say above it, there in verse number two, above it stood the seraphims. Now, a seraphim, a very interesting creature here. You know, and as we see this, we continue to see God's glory, but, but it gets a whole lot more personal right here in these next couple of verses. These seraphims, now listen to me. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but these are not the same thing that Ezekiel saw in his vision. These are not the same, uh, the same beings that, that are in Revelations, uh, chapter number four, I believe. Those are, are cherubims. Okay, whoever out there in history past, uh, made a cherubim look like a little baby with wings, bad wrong, okay, bad wrong. The, these things, when you read about it and you, you and I, I know, like I said, we're not going to go into to what it means metaphorically and all these things, but I'm just saying this, they're not little babies with wings, the cherubims are not, okay? They're awesome and they glorify God. The seraphims are different than the cherubims. The cherubims would be frightening to see. The seraphims on a whole nother level, okay? Listen to me in this. It, 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 
let me read the verses again, just so you, so you know I'm not making anything up. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, that means two, obviously. With twain, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. So, so we've, got, we've got these seraphims, and they've got six wings, okay? They've got a face. They've got hands. They've got feet. And then we find out in a verse up here in a second, they, they have an extremely powerful voice. But there's one more thing, and this is what really, I've, I think I've got a pretty good imagination. This is what really puts me over the edge. The name seraphim, you know what it literally means? A burning serpent. So, so these things, the entire body is burning. It's on fire. It's flaming fire with six wings flying above the glory train of God. Not above God, but above the glory train, above the temple. They're flying around and they're crying out, holy, 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 all the time. Maybe there was a thought that, that, that got triggered there when I, when I said something about a fiery serpent. You remember another time in Scripture that the Bible spoke about a fiery serpent? There's only a few times that the word seraphim or, or a variant of it is used in the Scripture. And one of those was when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. You remember? And there were those fiery serpents that was biting everybody and killing them. And God told, told him to make the, the, the image of the serpent and lift it up, put it up. You remember that? Now, if we got technical about it, then those may have been just normal serpents and they got the fiery part uh, because of the way it burnt whenever you know, the venom was... And that's what some scholars would say. And that's fine. You say it if you want to. You know what I think? They may have been on fire running around on the ground. I don't know. He's God. He can do what he wants. But I take him at his word. But here's what's important, that we understand that the fire means judgment. Every time that we see the judgment of God, we see fire. It's in there somewhere every time. These fiery... You know what that makes me think of? <laughs> Who's already thought about it? Dragons. That idea of dragons had to come from somewhere, didn't it? Now, there's probably somebody out there that's a whole lot smarter than me that, that's saying, you know what, preacher? You're way off here because th those things aren't real and, and it's just, it's all metaphorical and that's just how it went into words. Whatever. Think what you want. I think they're real, okay? Leave me, leave, let me have that, all right? I think they're real. I, I think they, they represent God's judgment, His holiness, and His power, right? You understand that these things were awesome. They were, they were terribly terrifying and then when they cry out it says there in verse number four and the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke do you know what it means that, that the door posts moved this is what it means think about whenever um, you've seen maybe a, from a fire or a tornado or an earthquake and a house is demolished right it, except there might be what still standing a doorway so when it talks about when these things cried out, holy, 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 and the doorpost shook on the temple, that means utter destruction. That means there's nothing left standing in the wake of God's judgment of sin. Are you with me, church? Do you agree with me that we have all sinned? Do you agree with me that, that if we were to have to face the judgment of God, there would be none of us left standing. That's very important. As we look on down through here, then we quickly come to, to this part. 
Verse number five. Then said I, woe is me. Woe, that word woe, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be funny and I'm going to try to say it the best way I can, but this is, this is the way that it sounds in the Hebrew. It's just like you got punched in the gut. Oy! That's the word woe. What it means is, so probably the best way that I found to describe this, in the Arabic language, they have a word that's very similar. It's shakal, and it means it's what a jackal is, like the wild animal, a jackal. But the reason that it has that name is because of its cry in the middle of the night, because it's a terrifying, blood-curdling scream. And in the Arabic, they relate it to the scream of an infant in the middle of the night. Okay, so, so we understand here that when Isaiah said, Tough message. He's not saying, woe is me, I, I've messed up. He is crying out from the deepest part of his being. And he's saying, in the light of God's awesome power and judgment, I realize my sins. He says, I realize where I am is not where I need to be. Are you with me, church? Woe is me. It is a passionate cry of grief or despair. You know, if we were to be able to just experience a little bit of this vision, that we would throw ourselves down at the foot of the altar and cry out in Jesus' name to God. God is an awesome God. He sits on the throne right now. Do you agree with me? I'll leave that up to you and God. The contrast of the kings is what we saw. Now, let's just see quickly the contrast of the cross. And we want to go over to Hebrews chapter 12 here in just a second. You can go ahead and be turning there. He said uh, there in verse 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and he said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Iniquity taken away and sin purged. That would be an awesome thing, wouldn't it? Man, think about what Isaiah experienced there. I'm a man of uncle. Okay, so somebody would say, well, he had a bad mouth. He had a foul mouth. He, he, was, he cursed a lot. And the nation cursed a lot. That's, they, they probably did. That's not exactly what it's talking about. Just think of it this way quickly. Whenever, whenever Jesus, you remember I think it's up like Matthew chapter 5 or, or somewhere in that area. I'd have to look it up to be certain. Whenever uh, he said that it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, 
It's what comes out of the man. That's, right. That's what Isaiah is talking about. But he's a man of unclean lips in a nation of people that have unclean lips. He says what's inside of us is unclean. It's the filthiness of our heart that makes us unclean. Now, aren't you glad, and I, there's got to be an amen right here, aren't you glad that on this side of the cross we don't have to stand and face that judgment of God? Absolutely I am. Hebrews chapter number 12. I'm going to read a few verses and we'll be finished. Verse number 18. Uh, the writer of Hebrews, which I believe to be Paul, says this. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words with the voice that they heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. And, and I won't read the next couple of verses, but basically what he's saying is this. You're not coming to the law. You're not coming to judgment, right? He's talking about the mount that was way back, uh, back there in Exodus, right? He's saying that, listen, church, we don't have to go to that anymore. But ye are, verse number 22, but ye are come unto Mount Sinai and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Listen, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. All right? Let's pause right there for just a second. Why on earth, knowing that we're sinners and knowing that we have sin and knowing that it could be hindering a great revival in our nation, in our community, just in our church, a personal revival, why on earth would we not bow down before God and say, God, search my heart. God, clean me out. Purge me, Lord, because I want to be right with you. Yes, right. You know, I kind of think about it like this. on this revival? I sure hope so. I sure hope so. He says here in verse number 25, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Listen. If there was no excuse for it, if all of these things 
for what we know to be true. Church, how much more responsibility do we have since Christ has been crucified? And we no longer have to come to a burden home. We come by the way of cross. Because we have an intercessor between us and the Father. And Jesus Christ. You don't have to be afraid of that judgment if you've been watching the books. If you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you don't have to fear the judgment of those sins. It was judged on the cross. Christ did that. Charles Finney, maybe, that said that revival comes when souls enter the fight ready to win. He said, ready to win and die. Are you willing to be honest enough with God? Are you willing to fight the spiritual battle hard enough? That you'll die spiritually to self so that he can resurrect, revive this church in such a way that we can really see a difference made in our community. If we were to read on down through there, he'd say, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Down through the years, there have been preachers that have preached, and God used them in great revival. And they preached hellfire and brimstone. This what I want to say to you tonight. Grace. God's amazing grace. We have sinned. I have sinned. But I know because of my faith in Jesus Christ that he's the Son of God and that God raised him from the dead that when I hit this altar and I beg God for revival and I confess sins to him. Grace is going to abide. Yes, sir. Grace upon grace is going to flow to me. Go we'll ask Pastor Nathan to come on up here. heads bowed and every eyes closed. I know it's hot in here. I about guarantee you it's, it's hotter up here where I'm at than where you are. But as old preacher would say, I guarantee you it's hotter than hell. Listen to me, church. I, I, I've tried to do the best I could to deliver to you the message that God laid on my heart. And I, I probably could have done it in just a couple minutes by just 
just saying, we have sinned. The church is guilty. We've got to quit playing around with it. If you want to see the power of God, then let's get right with Him. Come on. Let's make it right with Him. I ask you boys, a couple of you, just get a guitar or something and play for uh, invitation. This altar is open. I, I want to. Uh, I want to share this probably a poor illustration. Heads are bowed and eyes closed. These people coming to this altar. Uh, there's going to be some guitars playing. You just mind the Lord tonight. While he was talking about Isaiah. Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In the latter verses, Isaiah hears God say, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? After Isaiah had this experience, this encounter. After he was cleansed, he was able to raise his hand and God used him. God didn't overlook him. God didn't go by him. God used him. But he had to be cleansed, purged brought back into right standing with God. I'll be honest with you. While he was preaching that tonight, I got to thinking about my old pickup truck at home. Preacher, what's this got to do with anything? Brakes is in pretty bad shape, my old truck. I need to go get the brakes changed. I need to go get the oil changed. And because it's in the condition it's in, I didn't want to drive it to church tonight. Very seldom do Jess and I ride in the same vehicle, but we're in the same vehicle. I know the condition it's in, and so I'm avoiding driving it until I get it fixed. I don't want him to see me in a condition where he says, I can't use Nathan. I can't use Grassy Creek. Woe is me if I'm not in a place where I can say, here am I, send me. Woe am I if I'm in a place where I can't say, Lord, here I am. If what you need, I'm willing, I'm able, I will do. As these boys play tonight, people are coming to this altar. Where are you tonight? Are you in a place where he would tap you on the shoulder and say, I need you to do this. Maybe I need you to open the door. You've got the key. I'm wanting you. Would you be willing to say, Lord, listen, there's some things in my life right now that can I tell you that I will admit to you openly as your pastor that I have pride I have prejudice, and I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about, I'm talking about sin. Your sin's a lot worse than mine. And God's been breaking my heart that all sin 
is rewarded with death. Even mine. Even mine. Would you be willing to let that plow run just a little bit deeper and break up that foul of ground in you and say, Lord, I, I know I have the wrong mindset on some things. I, I know that I'm not where I... But Lord, I know also that I need revived. I need a move. So would you come? And just say, Lord, here it is. <laughs> I heard an old preacher say one time, when Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips, he was admitting that everything that come out of him was not glorifying to God. I have to admit to you, there's some things come out of me don't glorify him. There's some attitudes, there's some actions. I'd have to say I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But I serve a God who's in the midst of who's in the business of cleaning. Your sin has been purged and your iniquity taken, taken away. Would you come tonight and say, Lord, here it is. Here am I. amazing to me and I'm not going to re-preach what Clay I'm just I'm giving you an opportunity to mind the Lord I'm not going to tarry for you but I'm not going to cut it short because the ones that are in this altar doing business with God it's amazing to me that in the year that Uzziah died a king died but Isaiah saw a king. In the middle of national crisis, personal crisis, Uzziah was a friend. He was family to Isaiah. In the midst of national crisis, personal crisis, and spiritual crisis, God allowed Isaiah to experience exactly what he needed. What's that got to do with you? In the midst of your crisis, Right now, at this year, he will allow you to experience exactly what you are in need of. Because that's the God we serve. That's who loves us. So this week, the rest of the night, all day tomorrow, if you will come before him with this presence and this attitude of repentance and saying, Lord, woe is me. I promise you he'll move on you and in you and do something that'll help you. Anybody else, before we pray, God dealing with you, you better come on. I'm not one of them preachers that sings 25 times just as I am. I believe this with all my heart. You'll move when the door and the time is right. Or you won't. I'm not going to beg, plead, or borrow. If you won't move for Jesus, I don't want you to move for me. Because if you move for me, I promise you devil will talk you out of it.
tell you something real quick, and I'm not trying to draw this out either. I, I wasn't going to say anything about this, but I feel like it's important. In our relationships with other people, maybe people that's in here tonight or maybe people that's not, but in our relationships with other people, we can offend. We can be offended. And if our relationships with others are not right, we can't get right with God. You know what I mean? I had to, I had to make a phone call. Uh, I made the phone call yesterday, but I got to talk to the gentleman today. Because God burdened my heart so bad before I could get in this pulpit that, that there may be something between he and I from years ago that I needed to make right. And so I, I called him up, and I said, Listen, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. And you may not even remember this, but the last time that you and I spoke face to face, I said something that was kind of smart elegy and might have seemed kind of arrogant. And I just want to know, are we okay? And he said, Brother, you get in that pulpit and you preach. Because as far as me and you are concerned, everything's all right. I, I don't know why I'm not saying that to say, look at me, look at what I did. I'm just saying, maybe tomorrow, before you come back tomorrow night, I hope you will. Maybe tomorrow you need to make a phone call. Amen. Maybe you need to search somebody out and just say, look, will you forgive me for what I said? Amen. Amen. I thank God for what he has done in our midst tonight. I said this morning... A lot of times we think about revival as hooping, hollering, shouting, and running the aisles. But in reality, revival is when God settles down in our midst and begins to do business. And you've got to open the door. And you've got to be willing to allow him to do what is necessary. Um, and I thank God. I, I, I'll be truthful with you about something. Um, it's been a while. Since I've got to sit back and listen to preaching and listening to singing, knowing that I wasn't going to have to preach, and the Lord began to birth some thoughts. And, and I know if Clay was paying, if anybody watching me, I was writing, and then when I got hot, because I'm telling you, I thought it might be a good night to preach on hell, because I thought I was a melting in it. <laughs> I mean, it got warm, amen? Uh, but I took my coat off, and I had my phone, and I... I didn't have my pen or nothing in there with me. And uh, so I took Jesse's phone and I sent myself a text with uh, some thoughts about some messages. And, and uh, it's been good to be fed. It's been good. You said something. And man, it birthed in my heart a message that I'm, I'm ready to preach. Amen. I started to say, if you don't feel right about it, I can. Because, I, I mean, it began to burn in me. But it, it, it wasn't what was needed tonight. You know, it wasn't what, was, what, what is needed is for us to be willing to get to a place where we say, Lord, cleanse me, touch me, take that fire and purge me. And then, then we will be able to experience a move of God. Thank you for being here. Everybody that is here, if you come to hear these boys sing, I'll let them sing one song tomorrow night so you can come back with them. All right? Seriously, we all need to be here. All of us need to be here again tomorrow to see what God is going to be doing through these weeks and through this week and through these days of meeting.
I love you. God bless you. 640 tomorrow evening. We will be here to pray. And again, if there's enough, we'll start in the altar in here. If there's just four or five, we'll go back in here in this room. But if you can be here, we're going to start. I, I, I don't know what, John, that, that song, Thank God I'm Free. But I, I was beginning to wonder when we sung it this morning and we sung it tonight, what bondage is going to be lifted and what liberation is going to be experienced through these days of meeting. Come back and be with us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for moving on us. Thank you for the preacher. Thank you for the word. Thank you for these young men who have come to sing. I pray, God, that you would touch them, use them. I pray, God, that you would use these days of meeting for us in a mighty way. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow evening.